from Green Biz Group, welcome to Center Stage, the best of live interviews from Green Biz events. I'm Joel McCower. When you're doing surveys in your top 20 markets across the globe, which would represent about 75% of all of our sales, and you keep getting... Um, you keep getting feedback that the packaging and the waste is an issue, then you can be pretty sure that that's, that's solid information. Keith Kinney is Vice President of Sustainability at McDonald's. He appeared in conversation with Tom Murray, Vice President of the EDF Plus Business Program at Environmental Defense Fund, and Green Biz Group Vice President and Senior Analyst John Davies at the Green Biz 18 Conference in Phoenix, Arizona. They talked about how customer demand influences and accelerates sustainability innovations in business, and the importance of educating and engaging consumers to be part of the solution. Let's listen in. All right. This morning, I'm being joined by Keith Kenny, Vice President of Sustainability at McDonald's, and Tom Murray, Vice President of EDF Plus Business. So, Keith, today we're talking about customer demand for sustainability and engagement. Uh, but what I want to first ask you about is McDonald's is recently in the process of launching a number of new goals, new initiatives, and one of them is around packaging and recycling. So can you give us a little overview about what, what's going on there? Yeah, sure. Thanks, John. So um, as you say, we're right in the middle now of, of um, launching our evolved sustainability brand trust platform. And, and what we've done as a business is we've looked across all of the work that we've been doing and we've spoken to, um, to our customers, and we've found four or five areas where, that our customers tell us are really important, and where we feel, as a brand, we're uniquely placed with our size and our reach um, to drive transformational change beyond our own business. So we made a big announcement last year and some um, targets around purchasing sustainable beef. Uh, that was the first one. And um, as you say, a couple of weeks ago, we made an announcement around packaging and recycling. And uh, there'll be two or three more coming over the next month. So I know we want to talk about packaging and recycling today. And um, you know, this is a journey that we've been on for more than 25 years now. Um, but what we announced a couple of weeks ago really is a, is a step change in that journey to use less packaging, um, sourced responsibly, and designed to be taken care of after use. And then working at our restaurants um, and beyond to increase recycling and composting and, and clean the communities. So the two big goals we announced were the, that by 2025, 100% of our guest packaging will be from renewable, um, recycled or certified sources. And then on the recycling side, 100% of our restaurants will recycle guest packaging by 2025. So uh, that's a big stretch. We're in um, 37,000 communities nearly across more than 100 countries and uh, not a huge amount of time to get there. So this isn't just back of house recycling. This is really uh, the front of the restaurant. Yeah, it's the guest packaging piece. Most of our restaurants now are already recycling back of house, uh, the corrugated cardboard, the, uh, the cooking oil, etc. So this is the, the guest packaging. And that's something that they told us, you know, um, the biggest, in, in pretty much every market where we do our consumer research, the biggest environmental uh, concern they have with McDonald's is the packaging that's left over at the end of the meal and, um, you know, and throwing that away. Yeah. 
So Tom, EDF's been working for 25 years with McDonald's. What are some of the, the highlights of the work you've done together? How does this work? Sure, well, um, this, is, this announcement certainly won, right? It's an incredibly ambitious initiative and um, a powerful kind of full circle story for, I think, EDF and McDonald's, but also for probably anybody in the room that's working on sustainability partnerships. Um, I think a lot of people know we've worked together for almost 25 years, over 25 years now. I don't think everyone probably doesn't know how that relationship started. And it, it started with packaging and a customer experience around packaging. Our, uh, our president, my boss, Fred Krupp, um, who's been leading EDF for quite a while now, um, had lunch at McDonald's with his two uh, school-aged sons uh, nearly 30 years ago. Uh, and had that experience, uh, you know, finished the meal, had the leftover packaging on his tray. Uh, here he is, the leader of a influential and growing environmental group, uh, having that same conversation with his kids about packaging. And it happened to transpire at a time where uh, McDonald's had become uh, a target for the environmental community about concerns about packaging and around polystyrene packaging in particular. Uh, there, were pressure, there was pressure on EDF and Fred in particular to become part of that movement, uh, an advocacy movement targeting McDonald's. And I think partly inspired by that lunch with his sons uh, and his belief that there were other ways to advocate, you know, came up with this idea of what would it look like if McDonald's and EDF worked together. And uh, luckily for us, what, what could we accomplish? There were um, also creative, innovative, and courageous people asking similar questions at McDonald's. Because uh, you got to remember, this was an era when the idea of an advocacy group and a Fortune 500 company working together was unheard of. I mean, we each perceived each other to be enemies. It's not a room full of collaboration like we, like we have today. And um, there was a guiding principle, I think, for that work together that that's common, I think, to a lot of the work that's happening across this room now, which was if we lower our voices and focus on the things that we agree on, we can actually do an awful lot together. Uh, we found uh, together that there were people at McDonald's that wanted to do that, just like there were people at EDF. We worked together for a number of years on polystyrene, on uh, uh, napkins, on, on, on bags, and made a number of changes to McDonald's operations together that cut 300 million pounds of packaging waste uh, and uh, created some business benefits for McDonald's. Um, and probably most importantly, broke the mold, showed there was a new way to collaborate to solve these problems and help jumpstart what many of us now call this third wave of the environmental movement, the idea that we should be harnessing markets and the power of leading companies to solve our toughest environmental challenges. Great. Keith, you mentioned this is all about consumer recycling, customer obsessed, and yet we see year after year surveys where you know people have high aspirations, but they're not necessarily putting their money where their mouth is when it comes to increasing, you know, uh, sustainable products and that sort of thing. So, how have you figured out from McDonald's what your customers want and what are they really telling you? That's a good question. So. <clears throat> You know, they're very, um, 
they're very inspecific about, unspecific about some of the things that they want. But when you're doing surveys in your top 20 markets across the globe, which would represent about 75% of all of our sales, and you keep getting, um, you keep getting feedback that the packaging and the waste is an issue, then you can be pretty sure that that's, um, you know, that's solid information. And, and, and we know it's going to be a, uh, you know, a struggle to do it in some markets. In some markets, we're already recycling pretty much all of the, the guest packaging. Um, so there's lots of things that we can learn from that. But we really feel that with our reach being out there in the communities, because you know, if you look at um, the recycling infrastructure, if you look at legislation, if you look at customer behavior, it varies not just you know, country to country or state to state, but even city to city. So, so we feel that we can, we're really placed in a position where we can play a role to communicate what we're, do, what we're doing, to onboard the customer, and to make them feel good um, about what they're doing. And that, that, that impact then should go on beyond, um, beyond the restaurants. And that's why it's really important to work in partnership with you know, the municipalities, with, um, with NGOs, with other like-minded brands so that we can um, you know, really drive transformational change. Well, partnership is an interesting thing for a company like McDonald's because you're really supply chain, corporate, and franchisees. How, how have you tried to educate? I mean, I can't imagine every franchisee is like, woo-woo, we're going to do recycling. <laughs> so how, how are you talking to them? Yeah, well, that process is, um, has been interesting, and it's still ongoing, of course. Um, you know, the key to it, really, I think the key to everything working is to make it economically viable, to get value out of the waste. I think everybody talks about that. Um, you know, and that's a process that I think will really drive that change. Um, interestingly, it certainly involves some investment up front. You know, we need to put separating bins in, in the restaurants. Um, there's a cost to that. Um, they'll be in the place in some markets before there's actually infrastructure to recycle, so there's another challenge. Um, but really, it's um, the way that we get our franchisees on board is to have a very simple business plan. And you know, the beauty about the work that we've been doing with evolving our sustainability platform now, it's not a separate plan that sits aside from the business plan. It's embedded into the business plan. And it's part of modernizing our restaurants. This is something that we're going through at the moment in terms of um, you know, better decor, um, more technology, uh, digital apps, uh, mobile order and pay, table service, digital menu boards. So we're able to wrap this um, process into that. So as they modernize the restaurants, guess what? They can also put in recycling bins. And it's painted as part of the overall picture of modernizing our restaurants. Great. So, Tom, you uh, are vice president of something called EDF Plus Business. What does that mean, and, and how do you help companies sort of raise that bar? Sure. So, you know, EDF Plus Business is the name of the team of folks that work uh, across EDF thinking about how we leverage leading businesses, leading investors to advance the EDF agenda, and we're focused on climate, oceans, ecosystems, and health. Um, and a big part of what I think my job is, what my 40 people on my team work on, is about raising the bar for what it means to be a sustainability leader. Um, when we talk about that today, we think about it kind of in, 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 in four pieces. Uh, and a, a lot of those line up really well to what we're talking about right now with, with McDonald's and what many others across the room are doing. One is setting ambitious goals 
We think that's really the key to unlocking innovation and driving big results. Uh, we're not worried if you don't know how you're going to get there. If you know how you're going to get there ahead of time, it's probably not an ambitious goal. Um, a, a big trend that's certainly happened in the 17 years that I've been working in this space is this theme of collaboration. Right? It's no longer enough if you want to be a sustainability leader to be focused on what's inside your four walls or just kind of hoeing your own sustainability garden. You need to be collaborating across your value chain. That's how you drive bigger impact and bigger scale. Um, increasingly, we think that the organizations that want to really lead on sustainability have to also engage proactively on policy. It's part of how we're going to raise the floor for everybody. If you're going to reinvent the way we uh, recycle packaging and handle solid waste, you're going to have to get into the policy space and deal with how you build the infrastructure and the enabling policy to, to, to make that happen. And then I think a new trend, but it's certainly a theme that cuts across a lot of the discussions uh, here this week, is technology. Um, Keith was just talking about how that's going to show up in McDonald's restaurants. Um, I think there's a huge and just starting to be tapped opportunity for us to be using 21st century technologies, sensors, AI, computer vision, those kinds of things to solve 21st century sustainability problems. So I think you'll be seeing more of that as well. Great. Keith, uh, he mentioned technology and you know, the whole customer experience. How is McDonald's leveraging technology to sort of improve that customer experience? And I don't know, are you hoping to collect some data at, at the same time? Yeah, so, I mean, really along the whole, the whole life cycle, we can use technology, not just with the customer, but obviously we need to find some solutions as well in terms of the, the packaging that we use, which currently can't be recycled or composted. So there's a lot of technology that's being used there. In the restaurants, I think the, you know, the big thing that we can use the technology for is, is communicating to the, to the customer what we're trying to do, um, whether that's through the digital menu boards or the kiosks from which they order or you know, on the app that they download. Um, and, and, and then beyond that, the technology obviously needs to be used to, tra to track and measure what you're doing because that's one of the biggest challenges. Um, you know, and, and the reason why we want to go beyond our restaurants is the majority of the packaging is actually taken away from our restaurants. So um, we can recycle in our restaurants, but if we're really going to have an impact on the environment, we need to impact beyond our restaurants as well. And again, that's where technology can help us. So is there a way you're trying to communicate that message to consumers who take away the packaging because then you end up with branded trash, right, if you're out there. Yeah, yeah, you do. And, you know, in some, in some markets in Europe now, there's, um, they're looking at legislation for, um, for putting a cost to picking up that trash in the environment based on uh, whose packaging that came from. So, with, you know, there's benefits from having a very visible brand and there's, there's negatives from it as well. But, um, but that's one of the reasons why, you know, we need to play our role. And we're going to have to come up with a whole bunch of solutions. You know, as Tom was saying, we don't have all the answers right now. Um, and that's why it's an ambitious goal. Um, and that's really why we think it will, um, you know, it will really drive change. So, Tom, any other technology uh, innovations you've seen out there that... Well, I mean, just on this point, uh, I'm excited about a lot of the tech that's happening in this space. I think AI, blockchain, and, and those kinds of things. But I think there's an opportunity for us to leverage technology to make a more inclusive environmental movement, to bring skeptical, skeptical consumers along because you can create more transparency, have the data to back up your story, bring them in and empower more people with data. I think 
you know, part of what, we, what I hope will happen in this, maybe the next wave of environmental innovation will be um, us using these technologies to open source data, allow more people to be competing to, to create solutions to packaging or supply chain challenges or, or those kinds of things. So I think it's a way to, to, to broaden the group that's working on these problems and, and have it be much more inclusive. Yeah. Great, Elaine, I'm going to come over there in a second. I have to confess, I'm, I'm not sure I'm allowed to have any conversation on stage that doesn't mention blockchain, so I'm glad you, <laughs> I'm glad you brought it up. Uh, <laughs> Elaine, do we have a question from the sidebar? Yes, we do. Remarkably, um, I don't have a blockchain question. Um, what are, so the question I have now, though, is you guys are talking about you know, innovations and stuff like that, and you're talking about recycled, and this is a really important... I want to note that this is the first time McDonald's has really committed to a strict deadline on foam materials, which is a significant portion of your packaging, so kudos on that. But wondering, um, you're talking about recycled materials and reclaimed, et cetera, reused, but what are you doing with compostable materials? Um, are you putting pressure on municipalities to provide more composting infrastructure? So um, we're going to have to obviously come up with a variety of solutions to, to meet this goal. And composting could be a solution in, in, in certain areas, in certain places. You know, we already do some um, composting. So our coffee grounds, for instance, um, we've got a... A big trial happening here in the U.S. where our, our coffee grounds go off for, for, for composting and that could be a solution certainly to um, change some of the materials that we currently have. About 20% of our packaging is, is plastic and 80% is fiber-based. Um, we got some challenges in terms of what do we do with the 20% plastic. Um, some of it we can recycle, some of it we need to use different materials. Um, and I'm sure composting will play a role in that. But it's going to be very much, I think, as I said, not just a country-by-country country analysis, but a kind of, or state-by-state, state. it's going to even be kind of town-by-town. Town. So, um, yeah, there's lots of different trials that we've got on um, around the world. You know, compostable straws are on trial, for instance. Um, but, yeah, we don't have all the answers yet, but it'll certainly be part of the solution. But you went really quickly past that coffee grounds. I think that's a really great program that you have, right? Can you just elaborate a little bit for the audience? Yeah, so it's a trial here in the, in the US where you know, we sell a fair amount of coffee. Um, and actually in Canada as well where um, they sell even more coffee, I believe. So um, yeah, it's taken the coffee grounds and uh, it's taken off for use in um, community gardens. And, and a lot of uh, schools, right? And schools, yeah. exactly. So it's also, you know, it has an education piece in it as well, which again is part of what we're going to have to do to try and reach the goals that we want to reach. So Tom, let's, let's finish up. Uh, a big part of EDF, uh, your work with McDonald's, but with a lot of other companies as well, is around collaboration. So we have an audience of sustainability executives, folks here. Uh, what, what are your tips for good collaboration with an NGO like an EDF? Oh man. Um, well, I, I think I, I think the you know we I share this idea, this principle about lowering voices. I think that's been adopted by the folks in the room. I think optimism is a big part of what our what we look for when we recruit people at EDF, and a, a part of what we found in the in the folks at McDonald's that made that that work successful. Um, what I what I'm inspired about about this uh, new initiative is it requires massive amounts 
of collaboration, right? I mean, the work we did 25 years ago, one-on-one uh, -on -one collaboration was unheard of. Uh, to succeed in this initiative, McDonald's is gonna have to work with customers, suppliers, franchisees, local municipalities, NGOs, uh, at, a, at a level that's unprecedented. And they're not alone, right? I mean, at Davos, 11 other companies set similar packaging goals. There's, there's a, a movement happening here because, because the packaging is such a big part of the customer experience for a number uh, of um, a number of companies. So I think there will be a lot that we learn about how to make uh, not just the one-on-one -on -one types of collaborations that, that this relationship started with, but these larger collaborations successful as we roll out more initiatives like this. Great. Keith, su success tips for our audience? Well, I think, um, <clears throat> I think everybody, everybody knows that collaboration is the key now. Um, obviously, viewing what you're doing as pre-competitive, because it's not just working with the NGOs, but uh, other brands. And, um, and I think... Specifically with the NGOs, it's just aligning on what you can agree on. And there may be some things you don't totally agree on, um, but there's probably 95% of things that you agree on because you're trying to get to the same goal. Great. Well, we are running out of time, but I want to thank Keith Kenny from McDonald's, Tom from uh, EDF. Let's give him a big round of applause. You've been listening to Keith Kenny of McDonald's in conversation with Tom Murray of the Environmental Defense Fund and GreenBiz Group Senior Analyst John Davies at the GreenBiz 18 Conference in Phoenix, Arizona. For more Center Stage podcasts, go to greenbiz.com slash center stage. And while you're there, tune into GreenBiz 350, our weekly podcast covering the news and the people behind the news in sustainable business and clean technology. For all of us here at GreenBiz Group, I'm Joel McCower. Thanks for listening.